Hello, podcast listeners. This week's episode of The Morning Impact was a live stream webinar I did on March 25th. The webinar was titled, What Content Should I Be Creating During the Coronavirus Pandemic? I had been getting questions on social media about this. We had a great attendance, and I hope you enjoy it. And just one last mention before it starts, just two quick favors. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please do it. I'm really trying hard to keep this podcast updated with fresh content every week. And could you just review it on iTunes, perhaps? Okay, thanks. I'm out. On to this week's podcast. All right, here we go. Back on track. So uh, thank you so much for joining in today about um, what kind of content to create during the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Um, This is kind of uncharted for us. And so uh, I'm going to try and help you as best as I possibly can to try and help you figure out what kind of content you should be creating and if you should be creating content. I mean, I think there's a case for there might be a case for some businesses where they might lay low, but I think generally for the generally speaking, uh, there's a tactful way of creating content during this time without sounding like we're trying to take people's money basically, um, or that we're begging for people's money. So, um, let's go ahead and get into it here. So I'm just going to maximize this. All right, great. So here's, uh, we're going to do three things here. I'm going to talk a little about my opinions. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. Um, We're going to go over specific content ideas that I have planned out. Uh, Some of these are kind of general, but um, these are going to be, these are just some ideas that I've, that I've kind of laid out, maybe give you a jumping ground. Um, So you don't have to follow these to a T, but just give you a little bit of a jumping ground to do something different. Um, And then there'll be a time for Q&A. So uh, let's get started. Uh, oh, hey, uh, just want to give a shout-out. Thanks so much, uh, Mo, for joining in. Uh, Eric, thanks for joining in. And uh, Melly uh, from Newbeck Photographers all the way down in Florida, so from Florida. So thank you so much uh, for joining in. I appreciate it. Just a really quick intro. This isn't going to be a lot. This isn't going to be a whole bunch of self-promotion. Just uh, – I actually was a little overwhelmed with how many people registered. So I had like 48 people registered now as of this morning, uh, way more than I thought was going to, you know, be interested in listening to me talk here. So, um, but I would say uh, about 35 uh, people are kind of like people that I've never really interacted with before. So uh, if you don't know who I am, um, I'm. you can find me pretty much on any social media at Brad Paul P., uh, I'm a content strategist, so I typically help businesses out with their content strategy, and then I help you kind of decide should you hire a pro content uh, agency like my company, Bear City Impact, or can you do it yourself? And so both ways, uh, I think, are great options. Uh, some people just need more hands-on work. So that's basically what I do. So I'm a content strategist, and my company, Bear City Impact, creates content for small businesses. Um, but, uh, that's not why you're here to learn about me. So let's learn about content during coronavirus as if like coronavirus is an event, by the way, I don't know how else to really explain it. I'm just saying during coronavirus, if there's a better way of explaining that, maybe give me a little hint. 
Okay, so here's a quick preface, by the way. Um, I don't have all the answers to this. So this is Uncharted, as I mentioned. Um, it's really easy for us to think that there's just going to be one answer or two answers coming out of this. And how do we keep our businesses afloat? How do we keep our name out there? There is no right answer to this. This is going to be a lot of trial and error. So what you're going to see, what I'm talking about here, are going to be my educated opinions and educated insights from the content marketing world. Um, from producing content for a while, helping other businesses create content. Um, so these are just some of my insights and some of um, kind of like behind the curtain ideas. Um you know, that I'm going to present to you, but these are in no way like concrete answers. Like this might not work for you. Um, I don't want to leave you without hope, but I'm just saying this isn't the answer here. The answer is for you to go out trial and error and try stuff. If you learn nothing else from this, walk away and try new content. If you're already really good at creating content or you're comfortable because you might be comfortable, but not very good. But if you're already comfortable at creating content, then just create even more content, over-create. So you're going to hear me talk about that a lot. Trying new things and over-creating. This is a time to just inundate people with stuff. Um, you want to see what sticks. I use the term throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. This is the time to do that right now because um, you kind of have nothing to lose. That, that's kind of why I'm preaching that you kind of have nothing to lose. Um by uh, by throwing out additional over content. So that's the one thing to understand here. And this, be okay with not having that answer, just trying. Um, I think generally speaking, I think most people should be shifting from sales to marketing. I'm going to lean into this quite a bit here. Um, I'm actually the opposite pretty much all the time. I almost, I'm actually really bad at asking people on social media to buy my services. Um, within the last few weeks, I've been integrating that into my content plan to just indicate that I'm, that I'm here to help more than just passively educating. And so, um, so I'm already like on that shifted to marketing side already. Cause that's just, that's just my nature. Um, the reason I'm mentioning this is what I see a lot of every day on social media is these cute graphics that are made or um, a picture of something and it's like on sale now or these are in stock or and I think in some cases for essential type of stores that makes perfect sense. If you are a grocery store, if you um, are a place that uh, if you're a restaurant, for instance, that's still doing curbside, I think that makes perfect sense. I think you should actually go into almost full sales mode here and just over creating content around that. But if you're not like, if you're a service-based business like me and you know that people aren't going to want to interact with you a whole lot right now, uh, or you're a store that's closed down, um, the store right below me, uh, from my office suite here. Uh, Carolina Creations, they just closed down a couple of days ago. They just made the decision to just close, and they sell really nice fine art and gifts there. Um, but even then, I think for them, they should be over-creating right now, um, but shifting to more of a marketing side because obviously they're closed. They can't sell anything anyways other than, other than their website. 
Does that make sense? If that makes sense, just let me know like a thumbs up or just yes even. Just kind of keep this keep this chat going here just so I can have some interaction. When I do this uh, live podcast, normally I have like other people I'm talking to uh, and they kind of give me an eye if they're if I'm not making sense. Um, I think if you market your business correctly, um, that people will remember you much more solidly now than they would have in the past if you were doing marketing correctly. So if you think about branding as a whole and marketing, you know, about it's, it's more about the feeling that happens when you leave the room. I think if you do this correctly, this is a huge opportunity. And, I, and, and by the way, I want to be respectful of saying opportunity because I don't want to use this as an opportunity. Um, I don't want anyone to use it as an opportunity. But at the end of the day, if you're running a business and you're here, it is a little bit opportunistic. You know, you want to keep yourself healthy, keep your family healthy, keep your employees healthy. But at the end of the day, when people are allowed and are comfortable with moving about uh, the country again, you got to go back to business. You got to make some money. So, um, but I think there's a great opportunity here then uh, to get remembered as a good marketer and a good business rather than a sleazy business that was just asking and begging for money, basically. Um, from a tactical standpoint, if you're a content novice, uh, what I would recommend is just trying things and consuming other people's stuff, inspired stuff. So follow accounts that you really like, like dig into what they're doing and just replicate it, just rinse it and then reuse it. And so um, finding, it doesn't have to even be, even be in your same industry, but just find stuff that you just enjoy and see like, hey, can I do something similar to that? Uh, all right, so I'm gonna head to the next slide here. Uh, Hey, all right, awesome. I am making sense. Perfect. All right, thank you so much. I need that like uh, pat on the back constantly. I'm kind of like a, uh, am I like a puppy, I guess? I'm kind of like a puppy. Sure. So opinions and advice. So here's a couple of slides about opinions and advice. First of all, be respectful. This is super important. Um, you know, I made, so I'm going to drop a video later, um, and I can email this video out uh, to everyone that registered. Um, this is a, uh, it's like a one minute video I made for my downtown merchants uh, here where I, where I work in downtown New Bern, uh, New Bern, North Carolina, if you're not familiar where I'm from. Um, so I made a, a video um, just kind of thanking the community for their continued support from the downtown merchant standpoint. Um and also to kind of grow as a community and support local business, that kind of thing. And I was like really gung-ho from like, yeah, you know, I can help merchants get, you know, some more people shopping downtown, you know, the ones that are kind of going to be out anyways. And I had asked some businesses, um, cause I've recorded 10 different businesses, um, recording a statement. And one business said to me, and this really, this really hit home for me. Um, they basically said they didn't want to participate because they know a lot of people, you know, if they're out of work right now, um, they want to be respectful of them and not making them feel like they have to support other businesses and kind of extend themselves. And that made a lot of sense. And so I guess my point to the be respectful thing is understand where the other person is coming from right now. I mean, that person might have just lost their job. Even if they haven't lost their job, a lot of people are holding on to their money right now. So 
most people are just buying essential type stuff, but some people are still, you know, splurging a little and some people are still buying what I'll consider luxury type of stuff, like stuff that you just don't need basically. Um, I guess people are still buying toilet paper. Um, so just be respectful of where they're coming from. Um, and that leads into the next part here is to not appear desperate. Um, I've already seen, you know, I've already seen things where people are kind of like, basically the message in the post is, um, please support us. This is kind of a difficult time for us. You know, the idea of being not sure how we're going to survive this, um, Listen, I'm not judging you. If you feel that that's the way that that you need to market your business, that's fine. In my humble opinion, as a consumer, because that's how I look at most of this stuff, um, especially as a web designer, when I approach most businesses, like from a restaurant standpoint, it's usually like, yo, your menu is hard to read. Like this is frustrating as hell as a consumer to browse your menu and then later I have to take two more or three more clicks to get to where your number is when I finally want to order. So I look at all this stuff from like my point of view, like am I pissed off or am I irritated viewing your stuff or trying to, from a user experience point standpoint to try and interact with your stuff. And so when I'm consuming your content, I look at it from the consumer point. So in my humble opinion, I don't, you will get business from desperation. Put it this way. You will get business from desperation, but it won't be lasting business. And again, it's something that people are going to remember you for afterwards. You know, it was like this person that was, it's like you, you, you basically set up like a, a mini sourced, you know, GoFundMe for your one individual business. Listen, we're, we're all, we're all affected. I, I guess that's sort of the point. We're all affected by this. It, it's not as if, um, the coronavirus, let me illustrate it this way. If we didn't have this global virus pandemic, and let's just say you're one individual business, you had a storefront and someone forgot to hit their brakes and ran right through the building. And it's like, man, they're gonna need a lot of money to pay for that new front wall. I get it in that instance, you might be a little desperate, you know, for like, you know, for some help and for support. In this case, literally every single person Every business on this planet is being affected one way or the other. So I just don't think it's a time to appear desperate. Uh, and lastly, be real. Um, some people might be thinking that being desperate is being real, but I, I think there's a way to be real without being desperate. And that's just basically just admitting the fact that you're also going through this. Um, don't be afraid to just make a little light of it with while being respectful so we're not talking about creating memes um for our posts that are making fun of the toilet paper shortages or you know we're making posts that are making fun of things like like poking at other people's things um but maybe we're just talking about making light of things i've seen some great posts that, uh some people um you know they're posting stuff from their house so you're a business owner and you're kind of self-quarantining yourself at your house right now but you normally have a brick and mortar place. And so you're creating content at home. I think that's perfect. You know, that's being very real. It's like, listen, I'm stuck here. So are you. I think the, if you haven't seen the late night shows, um, there's stuff that they're doing on uh, YouTube. 
So I know at least Jimmy Fallon show and the Trevor Noah show, um, they're doing this. I'm not sure if other ones, um, I don't watch Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Kimmel or anything, but, um, but you know, there, there are a few late night shows that they're actually doing the show from their home. Um, it's, I think it's, it's funny, but I think it's also, um, it's a great pivoting point for them. I mean, people still want to be entertained, I guess, is at the end of the day. And that's really what social media is about, by the way, is about being entertained and educated. It's not about you. So that's another thing to kind of take away from. If you remember nothing about this, this is in general. It's about them. It's not about you. Um, but So I think people have done a great job already with being real in their own environment, again, even if you're closed. All right, so here is um, – oh. Hey, I got a couple. I don't know if there's a question here. So I appreciate the support. Um, amen, dude. Newbic photographers. Amen, dude. It's sad to see small businesses so desperate asking for literally tens of thousands of dollars while we're all going through it. Totally agree with you. That's a lot of money. Tens of thousands. I, I was just thinking, you know, just buy a $20 sandwich or something. But geez, ooh, that's bad. Okay, so uh, here's another opinion advice. Overcreate to dominate. And so um, now is the time to like, if you're making double the amount of posting that you're doing, I'll make it easy for you. D double the amount of posting you're doing. If you're posting three times a week, post every day. That, that'll get you six or seven posts a week. If you're posting one story a day, post two. If you're posting every day, post twice a day. The reason I'm mentioning this is social media consumption is just skyrocketing. Um, I was trying to pull real data together, but I couldn't find concrete data. I could only find some basically anecdotal points. Um, but one of the uh, one of the points I had found was uh, an influencer agency that handles uh, content for large brands. Um, they saw a 70, in the last two weeks, they've seen a 76% increase on all of their uh, sponsored, you know, influencer posts. A 76% increase in the engagement and reach. I already knew this was going to happen. Um, I had this discussion with someone the other day about social media consumption on the rise versus TV. And someone was talking about like, oh, well, people are at home watching TV. I'm like, no, they're not. The TV might be on. First of all, we've pulled the plug, so we don't have any live TV. But if you have live TV, the TV might be on. I will bet my very last bottom dollar, even if that TV's on, they're still on their phone actively looking at their phone with the TV in the background. It's almost like when people might uh, like clean, but they have like the radio on just kind of as, you know, as, as background noise just to kind of keep them going. The TV is very a background noise type of thing. But if you're stuck at home quarantining right now, I mean, there is only so many episodes of The Office you can watch. There's only so much Jack Ryan you can catch up on or uh, Game of Thrones or whatever you know TV show you're going back to rewatch. At some point, you're going back to social media, and it's a lot right now. So people are, are just consuming content like crazy on Facebook, Instagram, uh, watching tons of YouTube video. So I think right now, it, you know, now is a time where you're, you're kind of like, ah, I just like to one post. I don't like to put too much stuff out. Put too much stuff out. If you think it's too much, it probably isn't. Um, 
post once a day if you're not posting once a day. Post twice a day if you already are posting once a day. I still recommend keeping stories to... I like six to eight is a sweet spot personally. Uh, when I view your story and I see like 15 dashes, uh, oof, I almost immediately close out of it. Um, and the problem with that is there might have only been like four in a row that were the same video sequence. And then after those four was like another topic somewhere else. And then I'll never get to see it because um, – I don't know. That, th th those are my thoughts on stories. Um, I personally think a sweet spot is six to eight. However, if you're doing 15 or 20 of them right now a day and you find that people are not exiting, if you look in your if you look in your story insights and analytics and people are not exiting or skipping or going to the next story, then keep doing it. But if you're noticing they are, then now might be the time to do like six or eight. Just saying. Okay, so that's um, overcreating. Uh, the next part is uh, do a digital spring cleaning. So get a fresh set of eyes on this. Um, go through your um, go through things like your uh, website or your Facebook content or your Instagram content. If you go to Instagram, I wish I could quickly share my phone screen on here, but I can't. Um, Facts. So you never watch our stories then. Uh, no, I, I I do. I just. Uh, Candidly, I do skip them sometimes, uh, but <clears throat> I won't mention who that was. Um, where was I? Oh, digital spring cleaning. So um, go through things like your website. Look for outdated information. Go through your Google My Business page. Um, go through your Facebook about area there. Um, and then on Instagram, if you click on the three-line dot in the upper right corner and then click on Insights, um, you'll be able to see things like, okay, maybe over the last year, these are the posts that had my greatest reach. Um, this is all by, this is all part of doing Instagram audit. Um, or over the last like six months, you can choose, and these are the ones that had the top reach or the top engagement. Go through all that stuff, but go through it with someone else as well. You're way too close to your business. I can tell, I guarantee you right now, you can go to bearcityimpact.com and find errors. You can find broken links. You could find um, information that's inaccurate. I guarantee you it. I'm a web designer, and I guarantee you my website has errors. I'm also not as fanatical about those kind of things because um, everything has an error. But if I have someone go through it, else, someone else go through it, they're going to pick up these things because they have a fresh set of eyes. I'm way – like I update my website constantly, and so there are going to be things that I just miss because – it's just a, a piece of paper that I just walk over every day that I forgot that it's there now. So have someone else go through it. Could be your spouse, could be an employee, um, could be a customer. Here's 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 an idea that's on the fly, off the cuff. Um, this is very popular in uh, you know when we redesign websites, um, but you could do this with yours now. Have like a contest with your customers. Have them. Um, call up like your five best customers. And this is, again, this applies to brick and mortar people or service-based people. Just have them go through your website and just ask, say, hey, listen, uh, we're going to give you a $10 gift card or here's a free entree for when, re re for when we reopen. Here's a coupon for a free entree. Um, go through my website and just give me an honest 
overview, things that you hate, things that you love. Because if you're closed right now and people, you can get that real world, real person feedback, that is worth way more than that $10 coupon you're going to give someone. Um, I know I have a lot of escape rooms on here right now. I appreciate that. Um, you know, um, you know, depending on the cost of your escape room, it might make sense to, you know, give someone a free pass for one game to go through your website again. Hey, is the booking easy? Is it, um, is it difficult to find information about the games, about the policies, those kind of important things that people are going to look for, but go through that stuff now, especially if you're closed because you have the time. If you've never, if you've ever said like, I wish I had more time to do this. My God, this is the time for that. Like when this is all done, if you haven't like basically cleaned your room up, I don't even feel bad for you. you this is the time to do it. Um, by the way, if you don't know me, uh, I'm, I, I can be pretty raw at times. I don't sugarcoat. I live in the South now, but I definitely don't sugarcoat things. So, um, hey, content, another here. So we're going to get to content ideas now. And so I'm going to rapid fire through some content ideas and then, um, we're going to go, uh, into Q and a, so live video, I would start here. I would start getting super comfortable with live video. Um, by the way, if you are a camera shy person, I get this constantly. I'm not a super like camera happy person. I do it. The reason I'm on camera, the reason I do this kind of talking head stuff or live stuff, even if it's not the most comfortable thing for me to do, um, it's more like I just accept the fact that I am how I look and I just don't care. The reason I do it is because hardly anybody else in my industry in the area does it. Like there's like a million and one other content marketers making content marketing videos and talking head stuff. I get that. But most of my business is local, which is actually kind of strange, by the way. I'll just, uh, just let me make a really small point to that. Even though my business has the capacity to be very virtual and scale to a very virtual content marketing business, I just choose not to. It actually de-energizes me having to do web conferences with people and do Skype meetings. I mean, I've done them. I have customers in Texas. I have customers in Michigan. Um, I have a, several customers up north. So, but it de-energizes me. Like I get super energized and I get a lot of ideas that come out when I meet someone face to face. So it's not as scalable because there's only so many people in this area that I can, you know, basically attract and then, you know, have them hire me. But for me, that's what energizes me. But so that's the reason I do a lot of this video stuff here is because in my area locally for people to meet with me here, there's just not a lot of people doing it, if any. And so, um, for me, that's a differentiating point. But with that said, for you, if you're a very camera shy person, like you are sweating bullets thinking about, you know, holding your phone up and doing a live video or something, then don't instead do this, take your phone and make sure it's pointed away at something else and do a live video there. I actually just helped out, um, the Craven arts council. So in New Bern, uh, there's a bank of the arts, it's actually an old bank. It's actually got like the vault still there. Um, but it's the Craven Arts Council. They have a beautiful gallery in there of artwork. Um, they're closed up right now. They're by appointment only to do personal tours. Um, but they just had an exhibit go through there uh, of, a, of an art show 
um, with all this art for sale that's not being purchased because it's closed up. And, you know, if, if you're an artist and that's where you make your living off of, your art isn't being sold. So anyway, so I went there and um, most of the video that we had done was just showing all of the artwork while someone else in the background was talking about that artwork. So that's a great idea for you. If you're a camera shy person, point your phone at your product and it doesn't have to be a physical product. Again, if you're a service, if you're a service based provider, um, I'm using, I'm going to use the example of my friends, uh, my photographer friends, the Nubic photographers. They're not camera shy by the way at all, but let's say they were, you could just, you could just like point your phone at your monitor and show like pictures that you've recently taken or set up a phone on a little tripod um, and show like a time lapse of editing your stuff in Lightroom. There's like a bunch of stuff that you can do without having to be on the camera, but you can be talking over it. And this is all live video that I'm talking about here. I know I said time lapse, but it was like another thing. Um, but you could just do live video that way where you're not on the camera, you're just talking and most people are comfortable doing that. Now, if you are comfortable being on live camera, I would recommend going live at least once a week, if not more than that. Um, like this is live, but I have a camera set up here on a tripod um, going through a sound mixer and going through a broadcast studio on my computer. None of that is required. In fact, the only reason I even do this is because it's so second nature for me to do this. It's very easy, um, but you don't But you don't have to do this. You can literally just use your phone. It's perfect. In fact, I will give you, um, oh, this is this showing my mouse? Okay, yeah. Um, these are two messages I received from a client of mine who might be watching right now. I know they, uh, they registered. Um, so I helped them out with some content strategy a few weeks ago. I would say like three days later, they did their first uh, video. Actually, it was March 6th. They did their first live video because uh, that's when I got this first message. And I'll just read it. And I'm going to also paraphrase this a bit um, for some of the wording errors and then also an update she had given me. Hey, so I thought you would find this interesting. Today we did our first real life, uh, I just said it, a real live explaining stuff about coronavirus. And not only did that post get a good amount of attention, but the office, um, she corrected, the office booked three new patients right after that. Um, and she said, holy crap, is that really that easy? First of all, I don't think it is easy. I think it's a lot of work, a little bit of work to get ahead and do this live thing and think of the content that you're going to put out there. But it definitely works. I mean, there is definitely that correlation from doing that live video to right after getting three new clients. You can call it dumb luck. I call it creating that opportunity. Um, and then this just came in like four days ago from the same client. Same client, four days ago. Hey, so another little win you'll appreciate. Just had a patient call in and say that they've been following us on Facebook for a while. But after seeing the live video yesterday, which by the way was a different live video, it wasn't the same one that referencing here. They they've since done other live videos. Um, but after seeing the live video that yesterday, they knew they had to make an appointment with us. It's just crazy to me how that works. So, you know, you might be a business putting out little short videos, or you might be putting out photos. I'm telling you, try live video. There's something about live video that people love to watch. Um, it's like watching the, it's like watching the 6 PM news, but without the news, if that makes any good sense, uh, about my feeling toward news. Um, and so, um, 
yeah, there's just there's just something about live video that like people love to interact with. And by the way, the great thing about live video is that it saves um, to your feed after. So if it's on Facebook, it'll live there forever. If it's on Instagram, it stays there for 24 hours in your stories area. Um, and then on YouTube, it can stay there forever. But Facebook is probably still the most common to go live on. And it's great because it'll just stay there. It'll live there forever as a post. Um, and so that gets more traction after the live video has ended. So you're not going live to get an audience viewership during the live program. You're actually doing it to get more people watching what I'll call the DVR version of your live video, if that makes any sense. I'm just going to take a quick water break. Okay, that's it. What are we doing for time here? Hey, we're making good time. Great. Okay. If you're closed, I would still recommend going live anyways. Some just quick ideas that you can do. Um, make a time lapse of um, – see, I said this again, time lapse and live video. Um, I'm not even sure why I did this other than the fact that it was late at night when I made this the other day. Um you can go live in your store showing what you're up to if you're cleaning. Um, so you might be doing a deep clean, especially if you're a restaurant right now and your dining room is closed. I, I would I would clean that like every chance you get. Just clean a portion of it. and I mean, because you're probably doing it anyways. I get that. Um, but just show a live video. A, not everyone's going to do it. And so it's going to be something different that you're doing. Um, plus, it will give you ideas for other things that you can create live video for. Um, maybe you talk about a new dish. Maybe you make up some new dishes that aren't on your menu that you're just trying out. Like, we're just going to try this funky spice out. See if it works. Like, what do you, like, what do you think? Or here's another idea off the fly. If you're a restaurant, get your audience watching live video to kind of come up with like their own dish. Call it like a community dish. Everybody can kind of vote on a new something that you're going to put on your menu and it's released once the dining room is open back up. Or maybe it's a special to-go meal. I don't know. But these are just things that you can do. These are just like weird content ideas. Um, and that's that's kind of the that's the point of this third piece here is to not assume what will work. Because um, you get so comfortable with picture, post, picture, post, picture, post, picture of a plate post picture of an open sign post it you get so comfortable with all this content that ends up being boring do weird things like come up with weird things and if you're not sure like what a weird thing is either a look at the content that i produce or b like i just produced a, a video of me lip syncing to tina turner and i can tell you i did it because it was fun to do it just I don't know, the song came on and it, on Spotify, and I was like, I haven't heard the song in a long time. And so I made a multi-camera sequence of me lip-syncing to it. It was like a music video, basically. I kid you not, when I looked at the insights for that, I posted that on Friday, last Friday. By Monday, three days later, three days later, it has become the highest-reaching video on my Instagram in the last 12 months accumulated. So all the videos I've put out in 12 months, this one video has well outreached any other video in just three days. I mean, I thought it would get a laugh or two. I just didn't, re I didn't realize that it would it would far outreach that. 
Now, I'm certainly not going to keep creating that type of content, like consistently putting that there like every week. I might do another one like in a month or something because it'll get old, right? If I constantly do it, it'll get old. But just do weird things, you know? Just find something weird to do. People like weird right now, especially on social media. Um, and it just I think it'll just inspire you to create other things that aren't as weird but make a little more sense for your business. So um, like that Tina Turner video thing, I mean, that has like nothing to do with my business other than the fact that I clipped together three different uh, video sequences of it. And so it basically became an edited video. So it's, it's like, it's not like highlighting the work that I do, but it involves some technical part of what I do, I guess. So that was, to me, was like the only, and it was just kind of fun to make. And so um, it was something I'd never done before. And so I was like, oh, maybe I could do something like this in the future for someone else. So, uh, so if you're closed, continue to create some sort of content. I still think you should go live. Uh, record a video series. Okay, this is actually a very small insight into the content strategy program that I do with people. Um, so I have a content strategy program where I meet with you. Um, this isn't a sales pitch, and I'm, I'm trying as much as I can to not make this into a sales pitch, but just for reference here. Um, I have a content strategy program where I meet with you for about an hour beforehand. I do a lot of pre-research work on your competitors and your inspired accounts. And then I give you a whole bunch of ideas that are specific to your business. Um, and, but one of the things I talk about with creating video content, cause I focus on that a lot, um, is like, Hey, what, what do I come up with for video? Like I want to make a video. I know it works, but like, I want to make a live video, but I don't know what to talk about. Here's a really easy way of doing this. And again, this will work regardless of what kind of business you're in. Take your main topic, the main thing that you sell, like the thing that you're in business for, then break that down into like at least three categories. You can do four or five if that makes sense. And then break those down into subcategories. So let me give you an example. My business is content marketing or content production. Subcategories are web design, photography, videography, podcasting. Those are the four main um, services that I provide under the umbrella of content production. So under each of those, I can break those down into a whole bunch of little, those are, now those topics under those categories, those are gonna be my video. So let's maybe flip this to you. So let's, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna show this to like a brick and mortar type of business. Um, I think it's a little bit easier to think about video production for um, service-based businesses because you can talk about what you do. You can kind of show what you're doing behind the scenes. But if you're like a brick and mortar and you sell something or maybe you're a restaurant. Um, so let's say let, let's say you're the art store downstairs um, and, and you're closed right now or you're open. Um, you're going to take your main thing that you sell. So we're going to, you know, it's art, right? So, so it's, it's mostly an art gallery um, that, but she sells all these other kind of like artistic gifts. So I'm going to call it art. And then under that, we're going to call the subcategories of the, the categories. We're going to call them um, like original artwork, like, you know, paintings and oil paintings and sculptures. So we're going to call it artwork. We're going to call it gifts. 
Um, I'm just going to keep it there because I can't wrap my head around it right now too much, but arts and then gifts, we're going to call it. And so under that, under the gifts portion, um, we can then break it down into some subcategories of gifts or art. So right now she has these like mobiles that these like huge mobiles for that are for outdoors. Like some of these stand like six or eight feet tall. They're kind of crazy. So you could record a series on each one of those. And so what you're going to do is you're going to just make a video with that one outside mobile. It's like mo mobile or mobile mobile. I, I don't know. It's not mobile. Like a mobile. It's like it goes back and forth like a kid's mobile. Um, and just talk about it. Talk about the artist. You, you'll talk about the artist. Talk about the materials that it's made out of. Um, talk about maybe if you know what inspired them to create it. And that's one. And then and that can just be one minute. Like it doesn't have to be super long. Just one minute. And then the next day, you have another one that you've created that is talking about another mobile. Like it's a different design. And so whether you're selling products or you're selling services, I think you can break it down into your main topic, categories, and then the subcategories are the individual video topics that you're going to create about. And if you can do this right, you can batch them out. Um, you could just create like three or four of these like really short one-minute, maybe two-minute videos. And then um, you can just go schedule them out to Facebook and Instagram and kind of anywhere else you want. And then you're like all set. And you have like four or five videos to create through the week. And then you can double up the content and just create a picture later on in the day. Easy. I'm saying it is easy, but it's, there's little work involved, but it's relatively not that hard. You're making it harder than it seems. Okay, so um, another idea here is just document and record everything. Now, you don't have to post everything. There's actually a lot of video that I create that I don't end up posting, and it's not because I think it's not good enough. I just, something else kind of came along that I decided I want to, you know, because I'm not posting three of these things in a day. Um, but, like, man, I document, like, a lot of stuff. I have a backlog, actually, just some of this, just because I've been, very busy with client work. Um, but every time I do a coaching session with someone, so every time I do one of these content strategy sessions, um, I basically record it. So I mic myself up, I mic up my client, um, and I put a couple cameras on. We basically just record, um, record what we're, what we're talking about. Cause that's like super real life, like real life example stuff. Um, if you are a brick and mortar place, um, I just would keep that camera rolling as often as possible because you're going to pick something up. Think about it like, think about your business like your kid. Um, you know, people often pick on other, on the, you know, my younger generation, even though I'm like 38, um, you know, my generation for taking too many pictures and videos of our kids. I like that I live in a generation where, uh, I can record my kids. He's three now. He'll be four in a couple of months, actually, uh, where I can record and document his life. Um, I never show any of it, by the way. You've probably never, like, I think I posted a picture of him the other day. Very rarely do I post anything of him. Um, I want him to be able to make his own choice when he's older. If he wants to have his life exposed on social media the way I expose my life on social media, so it'll just be his choice. 
Um, it's the same reason why you never see you never see my spouse on there. Um, it's just it's my choice of what I do. But with that said, I mean, God, I just have videos upon videos of him, uh, stuff that I save as a favorite in my camera roll. Uh, we were just looking at the other day, actually, stuff from when he was born. I mean, we were just kind of reminiscing about the day he was born. Um, so I love the fact that we're able to do that. What I'm saying is I'm flipping this to your business. Treat your business as your child, even if your business child is already years old. Um, document everything that's happening about that. At some point, you're going to get like a really juicy video that came out of that. And you're like, man, I'm so glad I recorded that. Like my customers are going to love to see this, whatever that this is. And then you just delete the other 30 clips. That's all you got to do. Like I delete a ton of video clips. I take, I'll be playing outside with my kid. I'll take probably 12 clips of him playing and then I'll play with him for a while after. And I delete 11 of them and I post one of those on my personal Instagram. That's how I do it. I just document everything. Um, Actually, speaking of this, it was funny. Uh, the North Carolina Main Street Conference was here a couple weeks ago, and um, I just, long story short, I had a very long day because I was filming all the presentations at the Main Street Conference, um, and I just finished a, a long two days of filming, and I was just like spent. I'm like, I'm not doing anything else. I went down the road um, to go to, go to a, an outfitter shop that has a little bar inside. I'm like, I'm just getting a drink, and it was like 3 o'clock or something like that. And uh, I saw someone t doing a group tour. And so I was like, oh, a group tour with the Main Street Conference uh, attendees. And um, and so I just took a picture. I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, this is just kind of like, a, a, like you know, like an in the moment, be there at the right time, right place kind of thing. So I took a photo. And the person who's a friend of mine made a joke. He's like, oh, there's Brad again. You know, he's you know, taking photos. And I knew he was taking a joke. I didn't, I didn't take it offensively. But... A lot of people that know me know that I just I take pictures and I take pictures of everything with my phone or I'll take a video of stuff with my phone. But at the end of the day, when it gets posted and I'm able to publicly show that thing that I documented that you appreciate, you appreciate the fact that I'm documenting everything. Um, and so I just think that you don't need to be known as the person that's like taking a picture of everyone and being in everyone's face. That's a little different. If you're invading their space and you're taking a picture of someone that does not like to take pictures, that's a little different. Um, I'm just saying document your business, whatever's happening with it right now um, that you can share publicly. If you can't share something publicly, I get it. Like don't show your meeting with your accountant. That's dumb. Um, unless it's a good meeting. But, you know, show the things that make sense and document all that stuff and then post the thing that is like the juiciest out of it. Um, you just never know. Oh, my God. I just thought of another quote. Social media is like a box of chocolates. You just never know what you're going to get back. That was really cheesy. I'm actually really sad I said that now. Um, the last content idea, I think this is the last one. Start a podcast. Just try it out. I'm not even sure if you're going to get much luck with this, to be honest with you. Um, like I have a podcast that I do every Wednesday. It's a live video podcast on Facebook. And then I send it to um, my podcast um, my podcast host, which is Anchor. So it's anchor.fm. Um, and you'll get a replay of all this so you can get the link there. 
Um, I have some people that have subscribed on iTunes. Um, I have several hundred downloads from it so far from this past year. It's not a huge thing for me. It's not a huge content stream for me. It's definitely not a revenue stream for sure. Um, it's been a long social experiment. I've been doing this podcast thing now since like last March. So actually, I think about a year ago now, actually. Um, for me, it's kind of fun. I like it. And it's also given me a lot of experience on how to podcast. So now I have that as my service offering. So people can come to me because they want to start a podcast. I'm just telling you, just start one on your own. Um, talk about something that's in your industry or even just something you like to talk about. I was actually, um, I forget where I was listening to this from, but it was, oh, it was my buddy over at uh, Poddex actually. And um, he had come back from a podcast conference and he was talking about the number of podcasts that are actually published but how many of them are outdated? The vast majority of them are outdated. So even though there are so many podcasts that are out there right now, like I'll find like an episode or, or a creator that has a podcast in my industry. That I'm like, oh yeah, my like, God, oh, I want to check out their stuff. And it hasn't been updated since like, you know, December of 2018. I'm like, ah, oh, forget it. I'm not going to subscribe to this. I don't want to have this junk in my library that's, that's just outdated. Um, so there are a lot of podcasts out there that just haven't been updated in forever. And so I just think a lot of people have been indicating podcasting as an opportunity. I'm not sure how big the opportunity is candidly. I'm not an expert with it. I just know I've been doing it as a social experiment and I've seen some traction in terms of audience exposure for myself. And so I just think for you, if you can find a topic that might be interesting, this is great if you're camera shy if you don't like taking photos, if you think your photos are bad, that you know, like, oh, you know, they're not professional photos, which no one cares about, by the way. Um, the only people that care about having a very, very curated gallery feed are people in the art space or that are artistic. Um, but like, you know, if you're a restaurant, you know, customers don't care whether you have the finest photos there. I mean, they look better, yes, I'm just saying. If you don't, if you're not capable of taking perfectly lit pictures, it's okay. You don't have to. Um, but podcasting is great because it's just a matter of you creating a good enough topic and the content around it, and you just use your phone. So Anchor.fm, I love. You can actually record directly into Anchor from your phone. So you just download the app Anchor, the Anchor FM app. Um, it's by Spotify, and they put you on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Breaker. There's like six or seven different podcast platforms they put you on, and it's free. So there's no charge to it. Um, so anyway, so I think, uh, I, think, I think podcasting could be a good content source for you. Um, entertain and entertain. So this is kind of a um, – I alluded to this earlier – Find accounts that are just you inspire you and just kind of try and rinse and reuse it. So I'll give you an example. Um, I am obsessed with Harpoon I with with Harpoon Brewing Company with their Instagram account. Um, I mean, they're from you know they're from my home state, home area, um, and I love their Harpoon IPA is one of my favorite IPAs in the world. But I'm just obsessed with the content they put out. It's it's. It's very non, like, go out and buy my beer, you know? Um, and so I get a little bit of inspiration from the stuff that they put out, even though 
I have nothing to do with brewery. I mean, my my business has nothing to do with a brewery. Um, but you can find another account that you just like, I really love the stuff they put out. And then just try and figure out how you can just rinse it and reuse it for yourself. So you're not obviously duplicating it, but you're just taking the framework of it, I guess, is probably the best way I'm trying to explain that. Uh, okay, use stories more. So if you're not, if you don't know what stories is, when I'm saying use Instagram stories, if you don't know what stories is, I'm just going to ask you to Google it. There's more than enough information on Google, whether it's from bearcityimpact.com slash blog or any other referral source on Google. If you type in how to use Instagram stories, there's way more than enough. If you've never used it, just start using it today. Figure out how to create a story and use it today. That's if you're a novice and then consume. So tap on the stories at the very top, the little bubbles that are on the top there and just see what other people are doing and going, Oh, that's kind of cool. Like, how do I do that? Figure it out. If you're already using stories, experiment, whether you're familiar with it, which means you're kind of like, you do it like once a day or you're an expert. So if you're an expert where you're like every day you're posting stuff and you kind of like already know what you're doing, experiment with this different stuff. If you've never used the, um, there's a, I call it the trivia sticker, but it's actually the, actually I think it's called the trivia sticker. Um, it's the one where it almost looks like a poll, but you can put in three or you can put up the four answers. Use trivia. I've done the trivia a few times. I love it. It gets a great response um, from people kind of choosing it's like uh you can let's say you had four answers only one of them is right and they have to kind of pick you know pick the right one just I, like i've done like local newber and stuff it's like oh like what what year was pepsi invented you know um and so they're all kind of similar and i'll just you know pick the right one um so just use stuff on instagram stories that you haven't used before Throw spaghetti at the wall, experiment. That's the throwing spaghetti at the wall and just see what sticks. Just see what's going to work. And again, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm going to use a trivia sticker every single day now. It's just something that could be a little different. Uh, I think this next one, yeah. So um, I asked a group um, of other social media markers um, that I'm connected with on Facebook just ask them for their inputs on this. One person um, decided to give me some commentary back. So I'm just going to read what they said, but I'm going to kind of paraphrase to make a little, um, or I'm going to make some commentary to make it sense. Uh, this came from Seedling Digital. So um, she makes, um, she's kind of like a UX designer. So we'll make uh, like your own custom like Instagram templates, you know, if you want to have like a, your own branded template, which I think is a fantastic idea that you can kind of just keep using like in a Canva or something. That's perfect. Um, but basically uh, to use this time to streamline your process, ensure your presence up to scratch visually impact with value. I think that kind of goes back to my digital spring cleaning. So if basically if you have time right now, if you have a little more time than you normally do, use this to kind of like, let me take a step back and let me assess things right now. Um, create a set of templates to, um, that you can use um, over and over again. I love that idea. I mean, I, I, I do that myself. Um, I've created my own templates in Adobe Illustrator. Again, I'm a nerd. I understand how to use these uh, creative tools in the Adobe suite. Small plug, by the way. Um, there's a video in my uh, YouTube channel. It's uh, the 
three apps that I use every day. Um, I have two of them out so far. I've been putting them out weekly. One of them is the Adobe Suite, but I offer alternatives. So if you're not, if you don't want to jump into Illustrator, fine. There's Adobe Spark Post. Adobe Spark Post will cost you $10 a month, by the way. Uh, well, it's free, um, but for $10 a month, you can create your brand folder. So what's great about Spark Post is um, you can put all of your brand colors in. You can put your logo. You can put multiple versions of your logo in there. Like I have ones like that's a regular color. I have one that's all white, et cetera. Um, but you can keep all that as your brand assets, and then you can have all your templates there. So you can just plug and play crap like crazy from your phone, by the way. Once you set up the brand assets, they're all available on your phone through the Adobe Spark Post app. And it's really easy now for you to create on-branded posts for um, for your business. So again, it's free, but if you want to have that brand assets folder, it's, it's 10 bucks a month. I think it's well worth it. Um, or you pay like 100 bucks for the year. So that's about that, creating and purchasing templates. Um, brainstorm categories of posts um, that you can refer back to in batching content. Um, I love that she dropped that in there. That's literally what I was talking about when I'm talking about that main topic category, sub subcategory. I have a list. If I showed you my ClickUp app right now, which is the app that I use for project management, um, I have a folder in there of just ideas that I have. Like I'll just, I'll literally be walking down the street and I'm like, um, like an idea will pop in my head for a piece of content to create like a topic. I just go to my ClickUp app. I go under that particular category. So I have them, it's like a Trello board. I have them listed by categories. And I just drop it in that category there. Um, that way it's like ready to go on a rainy day when I'm like, I need to think of stuff to create. I, so I never have to think of stuff, put it that way. I just, I already know what I'm going to be creating. And it's not necessarily a video, by the way. Sometimes it's just a post. If you see a lot of what I put on Instagram right now, um, it's a picture that um, I did as a branding photo session with Courtney Freeze Photography. And I just kind of use that as a jumping point for that topic that I'm talking about. But most of the images are whimsical to the nature of the topic. So um, I super hate corporate branding shoots where they're, it's like that gradient or that solid colored background. God, I couldn't be less interested in ripping those photos up uh, or more interested in that. So anyways, um, just kind of create a list somewhere. For you. It could be pen and paper for you. That's fine. Um, it could be through some sort of like, rem I used to use the reminders app on my iPhone. I just, I had like a little folder um, or like a little sub subtask for each of the categories. And I just used to just drop stuff in there. Um, whatever way works for you. Like don't, you don't have to wait for the perfect system to come out. Just use whatever's available to you that works. I mean, um, I actually use a combination of both paper and digital stuff. So um, I have two notebooks actually. So I have, you're only gonna be able to see it in this little bubble, but I have this one here, which is kind of like my everyday sketch notebook for stuff. And then I have, this is my calendar here. So, um, so I basically put the topic for that day there of how I'm going to plan my content for the week. And then I just schedule it online. That's it. Uh, okay. Questions and answers. So I'm going to put the floor to you now. I'm going to, uh, let's see here. Boom. There I am. Okay. So let's see, let's see what kind of questions have come in here. If any, so if there's not, then, um, Okay, uh, Melissa says she loves OneNote, um, which doesn't surprise me because I know she's not an Apple person. 
Um, I don't understand why you choose to be the way you are, but that's okay. So uh, let's see here. So I just want to see if there's any questions in here. It's kind of weird that I'm like looking this way here. You know what? Let me do this. Let me do this. I'm going to open this up on my laptop now, the live stream, and hopefully... I okay, great. I can see the, the previous comments. Okay. So, hey, hey, hey. Yes, uh, there's nothing wrong with utilizing organic opportunity. People know if you're being sleazy. I 100% agree. Um, I think if you're sleazy, it comes across no matter... You could be the greatest salesperson, the greatest actor, but if you're... If you're sleazy asking for money the wrong way, it's going to come across sleazy no matter what. Um, so, yeah, I just I'm very cautious of using the words an opportunity and stuff like that, because I, I know that people are struggling. Um, and, and I'm just I'm, I'm very cautious of just. Not getting people to spend money that they really don't have just because they can, I guess. If that makes sense. Um, so, woof. I'm not sure what the woof was in relation to, but cool. Um, Eric Taylor, Beartown Escape Room. We certainly appreciate the support in downtown New Bern. For most of us, it has only been recent that we have overcome the setbacks from Florence you know, this is why I was really thinking about um, this video that I was creating yesterday. Um, so Hurricane Florence, if you're not familiar with New Bern, Hurricane Florence. Well, I mean, everyone's familiar with Florence. Um, but in New Bern, the damage that it caused from September of 18 to 2018, you know, places like the Chamber in our downtown. Um, I think someone from the Chamber is watching this right now. Um they literally just had their open house, like their grand opening, like I think it was like three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Like we're talking like, I think it was like February or March basically of 2020. I mean, that's over a year and a half later. Um, or maybe that's exactly a year and a half later. 18 months. Um, so yeah, this is, this is pretty tough for some people that if your business was deeply affected by Florence, um, this is a real tough spot for you. So, I mean, I like, I really feel for you. Uh, amen, dude. We were talking about that. Never watch our stories. Love the sugar-free version. Oh yes. Okay. So we're talking about sugar coating. Yeah. I, um, so I recently talked about this with someone about, you know, the common Southern phrase of bless your heart. Um, I always kind of knew that was a backhanded comment, but I only realized the reason why, like, I only realized that was basically sugarcoating stuff that people from the North, like myself, just basically tell you like, no, 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 you're an idiot. Like you're an idiot for doing that. You're an idiot for saying that. Like you're a moron. Um, these are just common phrases. Then it's not like we're mean. It's just, we just have tough love, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know how to sugarcoat things. I mean, I get like, if you've ever been to a live workshop of mine, like an in-person workshop, I try and like reserve myself because I, because I can get like a little aggressive, a little heated sometimes with things, and it's not because I'm actually angry. It's just I'm just so passionate and vehement about whatever was just said. Um. So yeah, so I appreciate. It. Love the sugar-free version. Appreciate it. 
Uh, please reach out in reference to consulting on live content along with any other suggestions you have. We are currently in catch-up and build-out mode. Oh, yeah, all right, I got it. So I'll reach out to you personally. That's cool. Um, but just on a quick, um, you know, if you're in an escape room and you're doing a build-out, man, I've said this before. Set your phone up on a time-lapse. Um, if you don't, um, I can email. I'll tell you what. I'll email out a couple product suggestions for people that are super simple equipment. I've sent this product to like three clients. It's a $25 tripod from Amazon. So it will go from like, you know, tabletop height. So just like maybe a foot. And I think it goes up to like three or four feet. So, but it's, it's really designed just for your iPhone or your smartphone. And it has a built-in smartphone holder with it. Um, and so you kind of take it anywhere you want on the floor, on a table, anywhere, and um, I would just set that up and do a time lapse. So if, if you're in an escape room building stuff out, set up a time lapse of you building it. It might only be for like a 10 minute thing. Um, I just did a story the other day. I was building carpenter bee traps um, in my workshop at, at home. Um, you know, and I, I mean, it wasn't like I got business out of it, but it was just something fun for me to do. It was really easy. I literally, actually, matter of fact, by the way, I didn't even have my tripod with me. Actually, that was the reason I did that. I did this as an experiment. I didn't have my tripod with me because uh, I was at home and I forgot to bring it with me. So I just literally propped it up like on other pieces of wood and I just pointed at whatever I was doing. Um, so that was like a really low tech way of creating time lapse. And it's already built into to most cameras. I know for certain on iPhone it's available. Um, I actually use the app called Hyperlapse. It's by Instagram. It's called, so it's called Hyperlapse. And, um, and so I'm almost certain that's available with Android and iPhone. Um, but that will let you create awesome looking time lapses. Um, so that's just like one idea, but I can reach out to you personally for more stuff. Canva is great at any level. I think, I think Canva is awesome. The only thing I don't like about Canva is that there's so many, like you pay per so many templates or creative assets. So I just like the model with Adobe Spark where it's 10 bucks and you kind of get all of their assets in addition to branding tools. But I think Canva actually has like a brand management folder there as well. If I'm not mistaken, there's like an area where you can kind of keep your look. Actually there is, but then the Canva charges you for that. That is definitely a paid upgrade for Canva as well to keep like a brand asset folder there as well. But I think it's helpful. Um, so yeah, I guess I would say try out both if you know, but I know Canva is like the, like the go-to basically for everyone to use. Um, I don't think it's bad. I just, I've only ever used Adobe. And so it's just, it's what I'm familiar with. Um, there are two versions. Oh, okay. There are two versions of bless your heart. One is a backhanded comment. The other is a true concern. I guess it does depend on the context of what was said right before it. And also the delivery of the bless your heart. So, uh, the only way I've ever heard it is in the backhanded comment version. So uh, that's basically it. So, all right. So it doesn't look like there was any questions, but there was some kind of commentary that I was able to kind of jump off of. So um, I just, again, I just want to say thank you to everyone that um, registered for this. And of course, if you watched only part of this, I'm going to send this replay out so you can kind of watch it at your leisure. It is also going to be available on my podcast, so on iTunes. So if you just look up The Morning Impact, again, I'll email this out so you can watch either the video replay 
or listen to it on your car ride or while you're cleaning your house or cleaning your business. You can listen to The Morning Impact and all the other episodes. Um, yeah, anyways. So, um, yeah, so you can listen to it on iTunes as of tomorrow or you can watch the replay as of tomorrow as well. Um, but I'll email this out to everyone. But, I mean, I was just kind of overwhelmed or not overwhelmed, but um, overwhelmed with, like, appreciation uh, for – I just assumed I was going to get, like, five people to register. And so um, getting 40 people to register, even that's in the grand scheme of webinars, that's probably not the, a huge audience. But it was humbling for me anyways. Um, if you are interested in learning, this is the only, like – self-interested promotional plug I'm going to leave here because I really wanted to connect with people and um, help them through this like super awkward, weird time that people are like, people have been asking me like, how long is this going to last? And I'm like, the hell do I know? <laughs> um, I don't know why people think I'm smarter than I really am, but especially for like a topic that I have no idea about. But anyway, so I really just want to help people out. I will tell you, though, um, I do offer a content strategy program, um, and through April 30th, or through the last day of April, um, I've dropped it to 125 so I normally charge 150 for it, so it's 125 and basically what I do is I send you a questionnaire, very short, um, I look through your competitors, and I look through all of your inspired accounts to try and figure out what content works for your specific business. And what content could work for you the way that you like to consume content. And then I kind of package that all up into a one-hour strategy that I'll discuss with you. And right now, most of it I'm doing virtually with people, um, even if they're local. Um, but I'll package that up into kind of a content rhythm for you with some ideas that we can just have a constant flow of stuff. You don't have to be thinking about things. I'll, I'll basically just hand delivery to you. Um, what you need to create for content in any form, whether it's photo, video, audio, whatever it is. Um, I'll just kind of hand deliver that to you. And then about a week later, um, well, the next day, I'll also deliver those in via a note to you, so a document, so you can kind of have as reference. And then a week later, I'll follow up with like a 15-minute phone call just to kind of check in. Sometimes it takes people a few days to get going. I've literally had people like the next day, they're like, you know, gun call like I'm doing this. Most people, it takes a few days to kind of get going and another little, just kind of a little nudge. Um, you know, if you've invested any amount of money into it, I want to make sure that you're actually taking action and improving your business. So um, if you're interested in that, um, like I said, it's normally 120, it's normally 150. I'm offering it for 125 just through the end of April, just to kind of help people out a little bit. Um, you know, there's obviously quite a bit of time involved, um, you know, on my part and your part. So, um, and, you know, you can contact me or not contact me. It, it doesn't matter to me whether you do or not. I'm just typically after I do any sort of a workshop, um, again, I've never done a webinar, but this is similar to a workshop. Um, I generally just have people come up to be like, how can I learn more? Or how can you help me? And so I, I just want to make a clear path of how, that happens. So that's it. I don't want to drag this out any longer. Um, I'm sure you got some sort of stuff to do, even if it's just staying at home and just trying to keep occupied, but hopefully, uh, this kept you a little occupied for a little bit. So thank you again. Um, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, uh, Facebook or YouTube at Brad Paul P. 
Uh, if you want to follow the uh, tips like this that I provide, if you're watching on YouTube right now and you haven't hit the subscribe button, hit the subscribe button at this point, literally right now. Um, and uh, if you want to see my portfolio type of stuff, I put that out on at Bear City Impact. And so that's where I pretty much reserve most things where uh, either personal projects or uh, client projects that I show off. So um, that's where you can find that. But otherwise, I'm out. Thanks for tuning in. Finish. Finish him.